This is the High Impact Leadership Podcast. Bringing vision into action. Josh Veneta is a leadership and business growth coach. I decided that I wanted to have a bigger impact. Bigger impact. Fueled by helping individuals and organizations thrive. Engaged with a new passion. Josh is a proven business leader. To help others succeed. Over 15 years experience in helping organizations put vision into action. Where we provide tools and wisdom that help leaders and their organizations to thrive. Strategy. Strategy. Consistent execution. Execution, leadership. That's what coaching actually is. It's an unlocking of what's already there. This is the High Impact Leadership Podcast. Welcome to season two of High Impact, a podcast for leaders. My name is Josh Veneta. I am a leadership and business growth coach and the host of today's show. And I'm joined by Christina Spinazzola. When she's having fun, Christina calls herself a certified professional risk taker. When she's helping people to transform their lives, she calls herself a mindset coach. Her current mission is to help more people understand that unconditional love isn't just a concept. It's a practical way of being that will both challenge you and change your life. Her top three values are love, growth, and adventure. Christina loves to help people grow their businesses by strengthening the relationships that are most important to them. When she's not coaching, she can be found hiking, traveling, catching the sunrise, or reading too many good books at once. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Josh. I definitely have too many good books started at the moment. (laughs) I love that intro. I love that intro. So, um, Christina, we talked a lot about in season one, like what, what is coaching? And we had uh, quite a few of our other colleagues on. Um, and so we talked about that. We never had a mindset coach on though. So I was wondering if we might begin by just helping folks to understand who are listening. What do you mean when you say that you're a mindset coach? It's a great question. And it's funny because in some ways I'm sure the other coaches touched on this without putting direct language to it. Right. This word we hear a lot, mindset. It's my mindset. I want to change my mindset. I want to improve my mindset. Um, And in so many ways, mindset is the way that we think. It's our current understanding of the world. And ultimately, it's really what drives everything in our world. And it's intangible, right? We can't see it. And there's a lot of holes in it. So working with a coach can be really powerful to help you see your own thinking and bring new stuff into awareness. Awesome. So speaking of mindset and understanding that now as a way of thinking, just share a little bit about how you tease this out, but how much does it really impact the way we are in the world, our being? I think the better question there is where does it not impact, right? Our our way of seeing the world and our being. It's everything. It's constantly driving this filtering process as we're going out and about in the world. And again, we're blind to it. I had a coach that used to say, we can't read the label from inside the bottle. Mm. Meaning when we're in it, we can't see that we're in it. And that's why it's really powerful to partner with a coach right? to, to help you see something that you missed before. I have my own coaches for that reason and find it to be quite powerful. So when I'm working with clients, I'm really looking at who they're being is an expression of their current perspective, their current mindset, their current thinking. 
And as that starts to shift, the outflow of what we do, our action naturally starts to change with it. Mm. Excellent. So when we have expectations and um, that's kind of, you know, attaching thoughts to thoughts, um, we're creating something that essentially doesn't exist. Um, when reality doesn't match with the mental, mental picture we've created, disappointment starts to set in. And that's very common, leads to discouragement and action and a bunch of other things that I'm sure you're working with your clients uh, on regularly. Talk about just how dangerous this is. And then conversely, understanding how dangerous it is and the challenges it puts in our way. What's a better way to approach? I love this question for so many reasons. And when you mentioned, right, it doesn't fit the reality or that it's a problem. It's not even so much that expectations are a problem. They just make our experience worse. Mm. So if that's not a problem for you, rock on, keep doing what you're doing and keep experiencing frustration and disappointment and resentment and all the other things that come with those hidden expectations. Uh, actually a great way to identify where we hold expectations is to check out where we're disappointed. Where you find disappointment, hidden expectation lives there. Mm, that's powerful. Nope. Nobody's immune to this stuff, myself included. I find many times a week where I'm like, oh, that was disappointing. Oh, that was an expectation. And choosing to let go of that in my own life, the way I've chosen to approach instead, and this is very much an adage to Steve Chandler, is not by leading through expectation, but leading through agreement. Right? We've even had conversations around this, the power of co-creating an agreement with someone. Hey, this is what I would like to happen right now. Is there anything you need to agree to that or to make sure that that happens? So if it doesn't happen, I'm no longer managing my expectation. I'm managing an agreement that somebody else has also agreed to. It's easier to depersonalize that and to step back into integrity when things go wrong, which defensiveness, I'd say, is one of the biggest challenges socially in the world, right? We perceive that we're being attacked or that we're being wrong. And because of that, decide to defend ourselves. Whereas by leading through this agreement, it's a co-created, both parties are in agreement. It's not, you know, expectations in disguise, not playing dress up, but really a powerful way for two people to come together and say, yes, I agree to this. Let's move forward. So that's really what I would encourage people to do in their professional lives, their personal lives, any relationships that are important is to create and lead by agreement instead of through expectations. It's so powerful. I had an experience in one of my businesses one time where I got an invoice um, for uh, some services that were rendered and the invoice was inaccurate. Um, and we had a, a written agreement in this particular case. And so we deferred back to it. And a, as opposed to that turning into kind of an argument or people getting defensive, we just had that document, which we were able to refer back to. The person who sent me the invoice ended up apologizing and say, I'm, hey, I'm super sorry about that. You know, we had a transition going on in here and your bill was was wrong because of that. So we got it fixed. Here you are. Sorry for the delay. Whereas if there wasn't some sort of agreement made, you could imagine how that would just devolve quickly. And I'm, I'm with you. I think so much of what we're seeing is um, a lack of agreement and, and around that 
there's a defensiveness that comes around because everyone's trying to protect their own territory uh, where it's so much easier. And where I work with my clients on the strategic planning piece is it's a lot easier to take an annual retreat, remove yourself, go away for two days with your senior leadership team and commit to something. And everyone agrees that this is what we're going to do. Then it is to get into a boardroom or a meeting room somewhere and the stress is on and all of a sudden everyone's starting to get defensive because it's not offensive. It's not proactive. It's not clear. Um, and so I love, I love what you said there and what you shared. It's just, just so, so powerful and so helpful in every area of our lives. And that's such a practical example, right? That it's not just a fun idea. Leading by agreement is, is very tangible. It's very practical and it makes sense because it's no longer, Hey, you did this wrong. It's, Hey, let's just point back to what we both agreed to. Okay, cool. Let's step back into that. Mm -hmm. So with, with being able to form our kind of thoughts or be present to our thoughts and acknowledge them as part of the mindset piece that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast and being able to lead with agreement and the power of that agreement, that takes kind of a superpower, which we would call self-awareness. Um, being able to identify how we're thinking in a moment, almost like we're kind of, um, we're there, right? We're fully present and actually so much so that we're fully aware of what's going on, almost as if we're watching as a third party. Um, talk about how, how just having the power of being able to be that self-aware, how valuable it is, and what are some best practices to help listeners develop increased self-awareness? This is really fun. And it's also a little funny, right? Nobody listening to this podcast would probably identify as unself-aware. Right. Right? Very few people raise their hand and they're like, my self-awareness sucks. And all of us have these blind spots, things that we can't see. But self-awareness really is a muscle. It's something that can be learned. It's a skill. It's something to be practiced. Where like you were sharing, it's this detachment in being able to be a participant in an experience and an observer of it at the same time. So it's not just, am I self-aware or am I not? It becomes a spectrum-based question, right? How aware am I? How much time do I have between the thinking that comes into my mind and me acting on it? We've all had that experience where we say something we didn't mean the second the thought enters our head to be like, oh, okay, now I have to go backwards and do damage control. Mm. When I can increase the amount of time I have between thinking coming in and me acting on that thinking, that is a superpower. And a lot of it's practice, right? Using the analogy of going to the gym. If I'm not going to the gym regularly and picking up the 10 pound dumbbell, I'm never going to go to the gym and pick up the hundred pound dumbbell. So it's in these small moments that really matter for the awareness piece that as we get better at doing those reps, then we can start picking up heavier weights. Then we have that self-awareness that follows us into what I'll call like the heavier situations, right? Situations that feel like there's more pressure on them, uh, bigger decision points in our lives, right? Whether that's a board meeting, whether that's deciding, to marry, whether that's starting the business or not, instead of just, you know, what do I want for lunch? What restaurant do I want to go to this weekend? The more space we have, the more power we have. 
And that is absolutely just done through, through practice and, and learning. Mm. One of the powerful ways that I've experienced increasing my self-awareness is actually been through coaching and or mentoring relationships for people who are maybe still wondering what it is that coaches like you and I do, um, or maybe have a, a misguided view that, you know, we're sitting there on the other end of a screen or opposite someone just pointing out everything that's going wrong. Talk a little bit about how coaches help to, to build that muscle, almost as if they're a personal trainer. Yeah. So I actually just got off a call with a prospective client and we talked about this exact thing where it's coaching's not always about what's going wrong. Our attention, if people just listening to this podcast understood the power of our focus and our attention, they would never need a coach because there's so much available to us choicefully in where we place our attention with practice. So coaches really help us see what we can't on our own, that we're unwilling to look at on our own. And it's easy to identify in the sense that truth has a feel to it. If someone's ever shared something with you and you're like, oh, I instantly know that's true. I don't want it to be true. I don't want to believe it. And yet it is. I can't deny it. That feeling's really potent. A lot of coaching is like that. It's understanding where I am, what's led me to be here. And then the next question is always, what do we do about it? Okay, cool. This has showed up. What's next? What do I want to create from this space, even though the past has already happened? Yeah, it's a it's it's really a beautiful connection of the past and the future together and inviting us into a, an action in the present, which takes the best of our learned experience that we have our best hopes for the future and grounds it and enables us to act into that. Yeah. And with that, I'm a huge advocate that we are always not, I don't even want to say I'm an advocate, Josh. This is just fundamentally true that we as human beings are always doing the best that we can at the time with Mm. our current level of understanding and thinking that we have period. So as our understanding changes, as our perspective changes, as our thinking changes, so do our choices. And working with coaches can help release, create more possibility that we didn't see before. Yeah. One thing that you really are um, a champion of, which I love, which I think is related to this, that I'd I'd like you to talk a little more about is talk about self-compassion. Uh, you know, I, I read about love in your um, in your intro and in your bio and how that's one of your, your values. Talk just about the value of having compassion for yourself when you're thinking about self-awareness and how having compassion for yourself actually enables you to have more compassion and be more effective in leadership and in life. Man, I love this question so much. And I've just seen it so deeply for myself over the last year that when we're not gentle with ourselves, we are not gentle with other people, right? There's a lot of judgment that comes in and just like expectations, you don't have to drop them. There is nobody holding a gun to your head saying you must drop your expectations. Mm -hmm. Your experience in the world will be different when you choose to do that. In the same way, when you choose to be gentle with yourself and so many people ask the question, 
well, how do you do that? Right. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice concept. How do you do it? And I'm like, you know how to be kind. The people that ask me these questions are some of the most loving people I've ever met. Mm. They just don't choose to turn inward, right? We wouldn't talk to a friend that way. We would not talk to a partner that way. We would not talk to a child that way. And yet we do it to ourselves. And when we released that, I had this fear. If I don't beat myself up, then I will progress. Mm. Right? That was my driving force. And there's fear that comes with the letting go of that. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. I still have an infinite path in front of me to get better at it as well. And I know that the experience I have in the world is so much more pleasant to the point I had, I'll share this with the audience because it was really fun for me. I borrowed this from someone. She missed a meeting that we had. We had it scheduled and you know, I talk about commitment and integrity quite a bit, being committed to the things we're committed to. And we're also humans, stuff happens. She missed our meeting and sent me a message and said, I'm so sorry for missing our meeting. Let me know how I can make it up for you. I've forgiven myself and I hope you can too. And I was like, oh, that's so good. Mm. Instantly, I saw any judgment I held. That was on my end. She had forgiven herself. She was moving on. And it's something I've brought into my world that's just shifted so much. It is. And you know, the word that kind of undergirded when you were talking about uh, self-awareness. And then now you're talking about self-compassion. The word that was kind of all under there is choice. And I think it's, we go about our lives and we don't realize how much agency we actually do have in particular moments. Um, you know, the common examples are going to the gym. I can't possibly get out of bed at, you know, whatever time it is. That's literally going back to the top of the podcast. That's just your thinking about waking up at five in the morning, or you're thinking about what it takes to lose weight or, and we create these stories that we then take as fact. And when, when not challenged, um, you know, they can, they can run amok and, you know, your story at the end there about that particular missed meeting and how I love how that person said, I've forgiven myself. And I hope you can too. It's like, whoa, because it is, there is a moment where you're like almost arrested and you're going, well, I was kind of judging that person internally, perhaps, or being like, oh, you know, it says in my agreement, whatever, and they miss the call. And it's like, wow, this person is actually powerfully living into their, their identity. Um, that's super cool. Yeah. And the piece that you just brought in around choice. Ultimately, life is a series of choices that don't feel like choices. Mm -hmm. The more present and aware we can become of those choices the more power we have as people. And I will be the first one to raise my hand and say, God bless my coaches. They have heard me complain about this a lot where it's like, it can't always just be a choice, right? I almost get pissed off about it. Right. And then when I'm back in the headspace, that's really clear. I'm like, no, there's so much beauty in it, mm. that it is just choice to, to choose to be kind and to choose to be kind. I have to first see the areas that I'm not being kind. And that goes back to, again, my mission of helping more people understand that unconditional love is not just an idea. Like that's something that you can really apply for yourself. And there's just a gentleness that comes with it. Hmm. Yeah, that is beautiful. So you talked a little bit about the freedom that comes from self-awareness, um, maybe way by way of sharing our story or something like that. What are some of the other 
things that you've seen as benefits of increased self-awareness, understanding choice, um, and those types of things? This is the underlying factor to what people want. And what we want changes all the time. That could be increased finances, right? Money is a reflection in a lot of ways of the amount that you love yourself. And I'll probably get haters of people even hearing that. Be like, no, it's not the truth for me. I love myself. I just don't make enough money. Like, And if you really deeply loved yourself, there's ways that you can commit to making more money. You have increased relationships, right? What's available to you in relationships just exponentially goes up. The amount of love you feel, the amount of love you give, your health. I'm this year on a journey of really loving myself into fitness. And that doesn't always look like giving myself what I want, but doing what I know really serves me, which is again, fighting the voice in my head when the alarm goes off at 6am telling me to go to the gym. Mm. You have health, you have finances, you have relationships, you have material items, you have experiences. So much more becomes available when you're kind and aware. And when you have choice, you put those things together. And in so many ways, the possibilities are endless, almost to a degree where it's overwhelming. You're like, wait, you mean the only thing that's been holding me back is me? Like, I need a conversation with the boss. We need to figure this out. And again, that goes back to the power of coaching. So it, yeah. it's everything. It is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. And, you know, for p folks who are listening, who think that this stuff is, is soft. Um, I know you've shared with me and maybe you'd be willing to share here. You've seen business leaders and organizations get extremely powerful results by working on the very things that you're talking about. This is really where, you know, to the degree if there's someone listening who hears, oh, I just have to love myself more and they're not fully bought into that, I know with certainty they are missing out, period. This is stuff we can just tell people to, to trust us, right? Trust us, this works. Come follow us in our 10 steps, which neither of us have 10 steps. Right. It doesn't work that way either. And I would say, stay skeptical question it and be willing to test it out. Mm. Really commit to trying it and just see what happens. For example, there's a woman that I've been going to locally as a massage therapist. I've been working on, on something with my back. In that process, talking with her, you know, she had kind of told me initially we had this agreement around how much time it should kind of take for this thing to, to move. And I was bought into that. Well, it's not a hard agreement. And every time I saw her, I'm just like, man, I love coming to see you. I acknowledge her for who she's being. I, I speak into her the greatness I see in her practice. And I'm kind. And I get kindness in return. Mm. When the amount, the sessions we had were, were finishing up, and I just asked her, like, you know, we had kind of talked about this would be a general timeline. She was like, you know what? Let's do this. I'll sell you this package, this next package. But you can just keep coming until this, this issue resolves. Wow. She didn't have to do that for me. Mm. 
right? And it was because of the way I show up. I don't, I'm starting to talk about this more and more as well. As you give more, you get more. And I don't give more to get more. It's kind of, it just happens. You're like, that's really interesting. If you want to get something in return, that's kind of manipulation, right? When you're giving from this place of giving, the, the reciprocity tends just to happen. It just occurs and it, it's, it catches me by surprise. Mm. It still surprises me, but it's a, a fun game to play. Yeah, How much is. love can I give and what does that create in return? Some of the some of the times of just incredible growth I've seen in my career and in my businesses have been when I was just freely and powerfully serving people, um, you know, and and not looking for anything. And yeah. you know what what comes of that is um, is remarkable. And there's a great book I, I I don't remember the author, so I don't want to misquote it, but it's called The Go Giver, um, and it is just really powerful on this on this very topic that we're talking about here now um, about as you just lean in and recklessly serve people, opportunities arise that you never even imagined because you don't, you don't know who's watching, you know, and you never know who is blessed by something that we may do. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's something really beautiful, um, about that. And it's a, it is a beautiful law that we get to see, um, at work that reminds us there's goodness in the world. Go giver. I was just looking at my bookshelf here. It's Bob something. Um, I wanted to say Bob Berg, but I didn't want to be wrong. Um, because, you, <laughs> but I think I think it could be so. Bob Berg, if you didn't write that, forgive me. Um, but yeah, I think it could. I think it could be that. So you're making me think maybe my instincts were were correct. I, I think you are, and it is. It's so true. There's there's a lot of power in serving, showing up powerfully, almost to the point where our self chatter of what do they think of me starts to disappear which in my experience, that's, that's the flow state that people talk about. We're just in it. We're experiencing it and open to whatever unravels from that place. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's my life's work as you know, is to really help human beings become fully alive um, through the resources that we provide by leading, equipping, and inspiring them to do so. Um, Because we believe strongly that when leaders and individuals are fully alive, that, that is going to drastically help businesses. And when businesses are strong, we think that's going to have more than a ripple effect in the world uh, and in our communities. So to your point around testing this stuff out, again, anyone that's listening, that's a leader of an organization. If you want more productivity, if you want more revenue, more profit, go acknowledge the people in your workforce Mm. and your clients and your customers just do that, change nothing else and just see what happens. Yeah. With all the same people. It's amazing. So it is. cool. Great challenge to end on. So Christina, if somebody wanted to talk more with you uh, about mindset, how could they connect with you? They can head to my website. I have a website that I often forget about until I'm asked about it. Uh, ChristinaSpinazola.com. And I'm also on Facebook a good bit sharing kind of some insight and some ideas there as well. Just Christina Spinozola. I don't think there's many on Facebook. I may be the, at one point I was the only one. Not sure if that's changed, but that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for the generosity of your time and of your uh, wisdom. We're all better for um, you joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Josh. Looking forward to it.
You bet. You can tune in again next week for another episode of High Impact, a podcast for leaders. For more information about what we've been talking about here, you can also visit josh-veneta.com. Thanks for listening.